How you doing? I'm Mike Gaddy and welcome to the extra special tasty tidbit. <laughs> I wanted to talk today about my upcoming series. It's a three-part series and it features one of my best friends from high school, Miles Imler. The series is going to tackle a huge topic and I didn't really realize how big the topic was until a couple of days ago I started editing the initial episode. The first episode is going to be what is going to be on what exactly is trans and Miles is going to give you both a textbook definition and a definition from his heart. Uh, the second episode is going to be Miles's experience growing up in the 1980s with me and others as a trans person and what that meant to him. And then we're going to conclude the series, I think. Um, we'll see. <laughs> it might be more. <laughs> we're going to conclude the series with being trans today in 2021 and what that means. It is all changing so very, very fast. And because of that, and because my podcast is geared towards the artists and activists and entrepreneurs of East Baltimore, I thought maybe you might need a little extra help with some of the definitions and terms and even the letters that the LGBTQIA plus community throws around like candy. Um, let's start with, with those letters and those definitions, and they are ever-changing. It started out when I was coming of age as a gay man to be LGB, I think. And then they added T, so lesbian, gay, bisexual, and then trans. Now they've added, and they, I mean the colloquial people in charge of these things, <laughs> have added Q, I, and A. And I think it's those letters that give people who aren't members of the community or who aren't active in studying these things, pause. What in the world does the Q, I, and A stand for? And I think it's worth discussing before we delve into these episodes coming up with Miles. The Q stands for queer. And I want to take a second because the gay community, like other struggling minority, I don't even want to use that term, but, but like other communities that are finding their voice have appropriated what used to be an insult, you queer, to mean something positive and affirming. And this isn't the first time the gay community, the LGBTQIA plus community has done this. We did it way back when we appropriated the pink triangle from Nazi Germany. Let me, let me show you something. Hold on one second. Nazi Germany sewed pink triangles, you can see them there on the chest of prisoners who they identified as being LGBTQIA, or what they called then homosexual. Homosexual for them covered everything, the whole gamut. So when ACT UP in the 1980s started protesting, this is their symbol, silence equals death. And they took that pink triangle, flipped it on its head, and it became a symbol of resistance and activism protesting against the United States government for what it perceived as being non-action on AIDS. And so the triangle, the pink triangle that was a symbol in Nazi Germany became a symbol of activism in the 80s and in the 90s with ACT UP. But it didn't stop there. Uh, we took the Lambda, 
which was the symbol that Roman soldiers used. Let me, let me find that. Uh, the Lambda we took in the 1970s, and it was, it was created by the Gay Activist Alliance, and it was stolen from the Greeks, not the Romans, I'm sorry, as their symbol because a flag with the Lambda on it was carried by a regiment of Greek soldiers who were accompanied into battle by their younger male lovers and were noted for their fierceness and willingness to fight to the death. So then at that point, the Lambda became one of the gay symbol, activist symbols. And it was followed in 1978 by the rainbow flag. Oh, by the way, Lambda, of course, is um, part of the name of the Lambda Legal Defense Fund, which Miles references and which is listed at the end of the podcast episodes, the three that I'm doing, as a resource for the LGBTQIA plus community to uh, get legal representation to make sure their rights are being upheld. So that brings me to the rainbow flag. And in 1978, the rainbow flag was created by the San Francisco Gay Freedom Coalition to mark their pride day. They spent a thousand dollars for an artist to develop the rainbow flag. And he did. And ever since then, the rainbow flag has become the go-to symbol for the gay community, LGBTQIA plus community. And it was meant specifically to replace that pink triangle dating back to Nazi Germany. That brings me to queer, the Q in the LGBTQIA plus <laughs> alphabet string. And queer is for all those people who don't fit neatly into transgender or gay, lesbian, or bisexual. Who might that be? Well, starting with is gender fluid people. So queer, Q, also stands for questioning. Those people who are questioning whether they, whether they identify as strongly male, strongly female, somewhere in between, or even are fluid in how they approach their, um, their uh, gender identity. So Q, was really that was really meant to keep those people, those gender fluid people, those questioning people, to bring them in under the umbrella of LGBTQIA uh, rights. Which brings us to I. I is intersex, and I had to Google this, but it turns out that it is something my grandmother told me about. She worked in the emergency room at Jeanette Memorial Hospital in Pennsylvania, and she told of babies who were born, and they were born with the genitalia of both sexes. They were born both male and female biologically. So at that time, and this was when I was baby younger, uh, the doctors would just pick. They would decide, okay, this baby's going to be male, this baby's going to be female. They would do whatever easy, whichever operation was easiest, and that would be the sex of the child moving forward. Well, that may or may not have fit with the uh, gender identity that that person had going down the road. In fact, it probably didn't. So now the modern thinking with those intersex babies is to let it be, let them mature into themselves, discover what their gender identity is, and then have the gender affirmation surgery so that they can determine their own sex. And then our last letter in the LGBTQIA plus string <laughs> is A. And A is just for alternative. And that encompasses 
relationships that may not be traditional. And right now in the media, this is a favorite of um, uh, of characters on TV. And by that, I mean alternatives, people who are in a throuple, three-way relationship, or in a non-monogamous relationship, or some other non-traditional relationship that doesn't fit into all of those umbrellas. So that's what the letters stand for. And I thought before we get into the podcast with, um, with my friend Miles, that it was worth taking a moment for those people who might be unfamiliar with it to define. But there's more to it. There is so much going on in the LGBTQIA community right now, especially in the transgender community, that serves as background for where people are coming from. Right now, there is a state of violence, particularly in Houston, against transgender, particularly women, um, transgender, young transgender women. Let me show you a couple of faces. And I have to do this manually. Let's see here. Okay. First is Iris Santos. Uh, this is Iris. She was murdered at a Chick-fil-A. And this is Asia Foster. Asia was killed and her body was dumped alongside the road. It, because of this violence, Tori Cooper of the Human Rights Campaign Fund has been advocating transgender protection under federal law, the same protection that other gay, gay people get right now, uh, African-American people, uh, and other groups that are currently protected under federal law under the hate crime statute. Unfortunately, transgender isn't listed in that, uh, in that law. Because of these two young ladies, oh, by the way, Iris was killed because she was clocked while sitting at the Chick-fil-A. And that's a term that you'll hear bantered around by transsexual people. What did I just say? Tra transgender people. See, even me. That's a term you'll hear used by transgender people when a somebody recognizes that they're transgender. And in the case of Iris, when that person, when the suspect recognized Iris as being transgender, he murdered her. And that was his response. And it's no wonder there is a spate of anti-transgender legislation right now, mainly in GOP-led legislatures across the United States, that serve as a backdrop for all of this. And of course, it was also Donald Trump who kind of started pushing this anti-transgender legislation when he rolled back the Obama-era protections on transgender in the military. These laws target everything from transgender healthcare and healthcare rights to sports that are offered for transgender youth in school to uh, identification and having to list your birth, um, your birth gender on your ID. Well, think about that for a second, how that could create problems with everything from voting on down to being pulled over or traveling, uh, pulled over by a police officer or traveling. So, with all this legislation that's happening, this anti-transgender legislation, it's no wonder that hate crimes are up against the transgender community. It's also no surprise that the <laughs> try that again, that the statistics aren't real great right now for transgender youth. Um, mental health is 
a real problem. 42% of non-binary youth have attempted suicide at some point in their lives. Now, there's another term. We just threw out another term, non-binary. All non-binary means, if you hear it bantered around, is that the person doesn't strongly identify as male and they don't strongly identify as female. Either they're gender fluid or they move around, whatever. They aren't, they don't fit into one or the other pigeonhole and they are considered non-binary. So 42% of those youths have attempted suicide. According to the Trevor Project, which we cite in our resources at the end of the Miles Imler first episode. According to the Trevor Project in March, one individual between 13 and 24 years old attempts suicide every 45 seconds. Think about that. One every 45 seconds of our transgender youth or non-binary youth are in danger of suicide and attempt it, not just think about it. 90% 90% of LGBTQIA plus youth <laughs> believe that politics believe that politics is hurting their well-being. And again, when you turn in and you see Trump and you see all of this stuff going on and, and transgender youth being murdered at Chick-fil-A because they're clocked as being transgender, it is no wonder that these are the results. There are issues from marriage issues to dating issues to economic disparity between transgender to issues relating to health care and surgeries and gender affirmation surgery and whether it's covered by health care and whether Obamacare covers gender affirmation surgery, which it does, and on down the line. All of these are subjects that we don't actually get into or don't get into in depth in our regular podcast episode series with Miles Imler. So I wanted to mention them because it's worth mentioning. It's worth talking about. All of these tasty little tidbits are what is happening today in the LGBTQIA community. And so it's no wonder that that everybody is walking on eggshells, myself included. I learned a lot talking to Miles, things I didn't know. I had to Google certain terms. I had, and I'm a gay man. It doesn't necessarily matter. This stuff can be really confusing. Here's a couple of things I learned. Transgender people have had, up to like 10 years ago, no good role models growing up. Everything they saw, and we talk about this in this first episode that's about to come out, every transgender person they saw was like Tootsie or Victor Victor, whatever that whatever that movie was. It was movies where people were in drag and playing and somehow solving problems. And that was the the role model that that Miles grew up with. Now there's new role models. You know, there's Chaz Bono. Chaz served as a role model for Miles. He actually Miles got in touch with Chaz and. Um, and Chaz has become an important part in transgender youth's lives, showing, hey, here I am, and I'm happy. You know, there were role models for gay people, and it is changing. I was watching a series on HBO Max the other day, uh, Banshee, where one of the characters who is transgender is a badass. I kicks the living daylight. 
and is openly transgender. It's probably the first time I ever saw on a on a network television show a transgender person cast as someone who was tough. But you know what? That's not actually that unusual. Again, going back to appropriating things that hurt us and making them positive. One of my favorite stories is that I love history. And when I was reading the history of Rome, I came across one of the founding fathers of Rome, um, Sulla. And he was he was one of the most brutal dictators and and was who the modern Roman Empire was or the 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 ancient Roman Empire was founded on. And when he left his dictatorship, he was the first dictator. When he left left that dictatorship, he did a parade through Rome. And he had his lover Metruvius, who was a man, an actor, which was code then for prostitute, with him. And he rode on a donkey. Sulla rode on a donkey. And they did this big parade with all the acting people through the streets of Rome up to the Palazzo where he was retiring. And you know what? There is a lot of evidence to suggest that that was the first gay pride parade. So I hope you'll join me. I have three episodes coming out with Miles. I loved talking to him. I haven't talked to him in depth since high school. And it was probably the highlight of this series on the podcast episodes. Tomorrow I'll be live again because I'm glutton for punishment. I will have Shelly Brown with me, who is Baltimore's originally original weird girl. She'll sit down and talk to us about all her projects that are upcoming since her podcast episode came out a couple of months ago. So please join me with Shelly Brown. Uh, Miles's episode will post tomorrow morning on uh, Vimeo, Facebook, and all of our uh, audio channels. Meanwhile, have a great night, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me.